Hello, I'm Duncan, and in this podcast I'll discuss where, in J.R.R. Tolkien's lesser-known book, The Cimmerillion, did he draw inspiration from real-world mythology, such as Norse and Greek, and where he put it inside the book. So, J.R.R. Tolkien, the author, known for writing Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and The Cimmerillion, did this really amazing thing where he tried to construct his own mythology out of the world he had built. He took a lot of inspiration from Norse and Greek while writing this mythology. Um, inside it they are stories and dramas and characters who resemble a lot of people inside real world mythology, like Norse and Greek, as I had said. He even went as far to make his own pantheon called the Valar inside the world. The king of the Valar is called Manwe, and he sort of represents the winds. He draws a lot from gods like Zeus and Odin, chief gods in their pantheons. Like from Odin, he draws the fact that he has eagles that are messengers, similar to how Odin has ravens that act as his messengers. Zeus lives on top of a mountain, as does Manwe. It's, it's amazing how much he draws from it. And it's not just subtlety. There's a lot of very clear ones, such as Tolkien, who draws a lot from Thor in the way that he's the strongest of the gods, he's the fastest. And Valar, like Ilmo, who takes a lot from Poseidon, and the fact that he's a sea god, and he's depicted very similarly to Poseidon. Um, similar to how each pantheon has a kind of devil figure, Tolkien made one too, in the form of a god called Melkor, who draws a lot from evil characters in Norse mythology, such as Loki or Fenrir. He's similar to them both, and the fact that he was captured by Thor. Similar to how Fenrir, the son of Loki, was captured in a chain named Glenfinnir, Melkor was trapped in a chain called Ungainor. Yeah, and they were both captured, and they were both took into a place where they can never escape. Like how Manwe was taken down into the bottom of Midgard. Melkor was took to the Halls of the Dead, called the Halls of Mandos. Mandos is a god of the dead. He takes a lot from Hades, even to the fact where Mandos has a dog, similar to how Hades has his three-headed dog, Cerberus. It goes very, he goes very, very much into detail in his characters, but we never really get a clear description of what they look like, only their characteristics or their personalities or what they represent, similar to how in the Norse mythology book, the Prose Edda, where it doesn't really go into detail with its gods, it only really gives you an idea of their person, if that makes sense. It's so incredible how I managed to build this from 
books that he had read. He took the time to research this, all in mythologies, in order to build up a most realistic mythology he could. It's... There's so many other characters and gods that are that he takes from mythology, he can go from very subtle to very obvious. Like, as I was saying how you get gods that are less obvious, there's another called Auli, who's a blacksmith to the Valar. He takes a lot from Hephaestus in the fact that he never comes out of his forge. He loves to forge anything he can. He loves to, and he's also married to a beautiful goddess. It, he goes so into detail with these. All over the book, The Cimmerillion, he's also very capable of creating original characters, original gods and original ideas. Like, it was an original idea that all the Valar should be married to another Valar and he's also capable of creating original characters but also taking characteristics or attributes from people in other mythologies like he and the god Lorien where he describes him as very beautiful and a dreamer and a god of visions similar to Baldur how Baldur has a lot of visions which eventually foretells him of his death. He also shares this with the god Mandos, as I also said, who takes a lot from Odin as well. Like, Odin is a, also a god of death, similar to how Mandos is a god of death. And similar to Odin, Mandos can see prophecies and futures, similar to how Odin can. There's also an attribute of Manwe that I forgot to mention where when Manwe sits next to his wife Varda, he can see as far as the eye can see. He can see as far as he wants. There's no limit to his sight when he sits next to his wife Varda. Similar to how Odin has an ever stretching view of on top of his throne in Valhalla. And how Odin, his sight, is very unlimited as well. There's so much incredible detail he puts into this world in order to make it as realistic and believable as mythology as possible. As though it was from a completely different culture and not a separate world or fictional. And in the Cimmerillion, it gives a great creation story similar to the Bible or the Prosera. It gives you details on how man was made, how the sun came to be, how the moon came to be, why the sky is an atmosphere. It's, it's really amazing how much he went into it. I know I keep going on about how much work he put into it, but he truly did. You know, and he'd been working on it for a while.
The Silmarillion is a very good book, so I heavily recommend it. If you're into mythology, or into fantasy, or just looking for something interesting to read. Well, I'm Duncan. Thank you for listening to Tolkien's Mythology. I really hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully managed to gather some information from it. And I really hope it inspired you to read some of Tolkien's works. Yeah, well, thank you for listening.